Hello and welcome to the final group stage World Cup edition of Somos Mas, uh, your leader in United coverage, which we had a, a signing to, um, or United announced a signing today that we still need to talk about. But uh, right now it's just World Cup and we will get to a United podcast probably next week. Um, but until then, we've got the final group stage day to talk about today. Um, not quite as interesting as yesterday, uh, but was still fun. Um, we've got uh, the knockout round set. The bracket is set. Uh, it's time to pick your winners and uh, move on from there. I know um, some of you might have been expecting Earl because we talked about Earl hosting. Earl had some stuff come up uh, and couldn't make it. So, uh, so you get me for a second day in a row. Um, most of you, I'm sure, will be excited about that. Uh, to the few that aren't, um, eh, get over it. <laughs> and uh, but with that, let's let's start with today's action. Um, I'm going to kind of go through today's action fairly quickly, um, and then then we'll move on to the knockout round in the bracket, and we'll we'll kind of break it down and and uh, go from there. Uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, knockout round, to say the least. So today uh, we had in oh i liked the other one i had a better hold on guys bear with me i'm gonna move to a different uh scoreboard um we had an eventful day to an extent uh two teams had already um locked up their knockout round positions uh not positions but spots at least they were uh, first, uh, they ended up finishing first in their group, but uh, it wasn't guaranteed going into the day. So Portugal and Brazil already had uh, had locked up. Um, what am I trying to say? Had already advanced. Sorry, uh, before today's match had even started, with winning their first two matches, and um, it it led to uh, some some rotated squads a little bit, uh, with both of those teams actually losing. Um, but not in dominated like they didn't get dominated it, they were both fairly close so over in group g we'll start there we had cameroon one brazil nil um brazil like i said had already locked up a spot had nothing really to play for um they had a, a decent uh goal differential advantage over switzerland so even though switzerland won today as well three two over serbia um brazil still locks up the one spot and will face um, South Korea. Uh, to, well, I, I don't know. I have my dates here. I had it all ready, and then I had to restart the computer. So let me get to that again, too. How dare you, sir, not be prepared. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was not looking at the screen, and I had no idea you were there. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Bidoff has joined us. Um, and uh, excuse me while I go change my pants, because I peed myself a little there. <laughs> <clears throat> What's up, Seth? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, so Group G, Cameroon 1, Brazil nothing, Switzerland 3, Serbia 2. Uh, what was some of the takeaways that you had from from those matches just off the top of your head there? Um, you know, honestly, I know Brazil rotated some people today. Brazil still didn't look great. Um, I feel like Cameroon absolutely you know, took advantage of that opportunity. Now, they still didn't come out of the group, but um, against a, a weaker squad that Brazil threw out, I felt like, you know, Cameroon did, you know, did what they could. Um, yeah. They, they, I mean, they still didn't score till extra time in the second half. Yeah. Um, they were still outshot it, outshot. 21 to seven out targeted or shots on target were seven for Brazil, three for, for uh, Cameroon possession was 65 Brazil, 35 Cameroon. Yeah. Um, so that they, they were able to take advantage of it. I wouldn't say that it was a uh, overwhelming uh, no. performance by them by any means against a semi rotated Brazil squad. Yeah. And even with the talent that, that Brazil threw out, I mean, it just, I don't know. They, they didn't, it didn't really like didn't really look like they were pressing for anything. Yeah. 
which was mm-hmm. which to me is kind of disappointing. I know they didn't need anything out of this. Right. Day. They didn't need a point, you know, that a draw and they were in. Mm-hmm. Um realistically, even if they lost, the chances of them going through were still pretty well, high. But they had already guaranteed their yeah, their spot <laughs> to go through. They so even if they lost by six, they were still gonna go through. Yeah, uh, it was I mean, just it was, uh, first place or second place was all they had to determine. And, and I know Brazil subbed in like Richarlison and some others um late maybe not Richarlison. uh rafinha came in uh marquinhos came in pedro came in but they just they they didn't look very good as as the even though they dominated the stat line they brazil just didn't look like they wanted this they didn't even they, they, like they didn't care today so well a little a little sneaky thing about brazil is they they kind of haven't looked good at all that's um, yeah that is true. i mean they, they they've gotten two wins but they've been kind of slow to get things going in both of those matches mm-hmm. and definitely looked like if their group was a little bit stronger. Yeah. They, they could have been in some danger, uh, but you know, getting the, getting the wins against Serbia and Switzerland set them up nicely. They didn't have to worry about it. And um, we'll see if I, I think if I was, a, if I'm a Brazil fan right now, I'm thinking, man, I kind of wish we would have lost or drew one of those first two matches. So we would have had to play everybody today to try to find that top gear because you can go through, you know, premier league season without finding a top gear and just kind of scratching through victories. Yeah. I don't know if you can win the world cup by doing that. You, I think you kind of have to find the highest gear that you can play, which is why like teams like United States, Japan, um, stuff like that. I'm not, the, the chances of them winning this thing aren't nearly as high as a, a Spain or Brazil or France, something like that, because they, that top gear is something they can't get to, at least currently constructed. But uh, this Brazil team has not found it, and I'm, I'm not uh, sure they're going to. But if they are, they're going to need to find it fairly quickly uh, with the knockout stage for them starting uh, in just a few days. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They've started slow in every single match. Um, fortunately, they're talented enough that they can kind of make up for that in the later stages. But now that you're here in the knockout round, the competition obviously is going to be significantly harder than when you're playing against clubs like Cameroon or right. you know or, or Serbia. Um, you know, so it's a different level. Now, yes, all these teams qualify for the world cup. Yes. They're all good in their own right. But I mean, there's a difference when you're playing, uh, you know, Portugal or, you know, Uruguay compared to, you know, Serbia. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they just, they have to find a way to get things going a lot sooner in matches. It's not even necessarily they're coming out flat. They're just not putting it together. They're not finally, they're not finding that, that, that next gear. Right. And taking advantage of the opportunities that they're, that they're given early on. So if they so, can figure that out, I think they'll be okay. So was this the match that you watched or did you, did you rewatch both of these matches or did you watch both of these matches? Two or screens. did you focus on two screens? So two screens. Or did you find yourself focusing more on one in particular? Um, the Switzerland, obviously. Um, it was uh, it was the more entertaining of the two. By far, was, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I tended to focus more on this one than Brazil. You know, seeing the Brazil lineup, knowing that they really had nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing that was going to... It, for it was going to be extremely hard for them to not go through, you know. Right. I, I it was on. I didn't really pay as much attention to it, but you know, it, it was there. Um, but yeah, the Serbia Switzerland match, um, by far the more entertaining of the two, um, and so that's where I focused my attention there. Um, because when you look at that, you know, um, you know, uh, Switzerland took the, took that lead early on, and then Serbia came came firing back, and so it was real interesting to see the dynamic there and to see. Uh, Switzerland, one of, the, one of the favorites to come out of this group, having to fight back and you know and keep that 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 that, that um, possibility of advancing alive, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I didn't have the option of two screens today, so so I just had the Switzerland match on um, for the most part. I think I tuned to the Brazil Cameroon one once or twice, but then ended up back in at Serbia Switzerland, and um, 
it was it was a fun match. It was feisty there towards the end, especially um, the second time that I saw a ref just getting his ass chewed today, um, which caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. They just the emotions were high uh, today for sure, and so Serbia needed a win. Uh, came in, like you said, got the lead, battered, went down, then got the lead, and then gave up the lead. And then right there in the early part of the second half, uh, I think the 48th minute, Switzerland, beautiful, beautiful little back heel flick um, off a diagonal run. I mean, it was, it was a very nice goal. Probably my favorite team goal um, of this tournament other than the United States one. Um, and how can Richarlison, I'm sorry, how can Richarlison's goal not I said be? team, team okay. goal, <laughs> not individual goal. Uh, this is, See, this is where... We talked about this for the United best uh, goal of the year thing where you had like a free kick as yours. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't put a free kick in my top five because it's one person doing one great thing right, uh, right. instead of, you know, proper buildup, um, a few nice touches and then, and then a good finish. And, and this one, I mean, it was a simple finish, but it was set up by a beautiful diagonal run and a, a nice ball in from that right side. And then just one touch back heel, uh, one touch finish. And, uh, it went from you know forty yards out to in the back of the net in three touches, uh, in the blink of an eye, basically, and and then Switzerland just held on, um, annoyed Serbia, got another scan, but was able to hold on, get second place in this group, and uh, now gets to go face Portugal uh, on Tuesday, um, and so I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm I don't I wasn't we'll get to the Portugal match, and I mean I'm not super high on them either, so that. I'm looking forward to that match. I think Switzerland plays a type of ball that uh, can can frustrate teams, can can kind of drag out these matches a little bit more than they want to. It, it was you didn't really see that today. I mean, it was kind of back and forth at least in the first half. But you saw the second half where they buckled down, uh, really frustrated Serbia, uh, controlled the ball, and and ended up getting the three points there. And so we'll we'll see how how Portugal can handle that coming up on Tuesday. Uh, meanwhile, going over to the earlier games in Group H, uh, Uruguay 2, Ghana nil. Uruguay still doesn't make it out even with the 2 nothing win over Ghana because South Korea gets a late winner against Portugal, uh, putting them through on goal differential. And uh, Uruguay was not happy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they sure weren't. They sure weren't. They were sad. They were angry. Uh, the VAR ran, monitor flopped. Yeah, they they ran the whole gamut of emotions there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm assuming you saw the the two almost penalties uh, mm-hmm. against Uruguay. I think the second one, uh, like at the top corner of the box, was definitely not. I think the first one, uh, the announcers over on Fox were clearly thinking it was going to get turned or called a penalty. And then it was not, but they were also saying that he did not get the ball. And I think he gets a slight touch on the ball and that's why it ends up not being a penalty. Mm -hmm. It was an ugly tackle. It wasn't the best tackle. It was probably a pretty dumb decision. Uh, But I think the Ghana player gets a little lucky and gets just like a toenail on the ball. And uh, Uruguay can't go through my, I I, underst- I could understand Uruguay being upset there, but here's an idea. Get a point from your first two matches. Right. And you don't have to worry about this. But here we are. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, of the two matches, both of these matches have potential implications for the ending of the group. And, and Uruguay, you know, I mean, they, I mean, I think they also had a goal called back, didn't they? I I could be wrong. I don't I don't remember that one. The, these two matches, I were was bouncing back and forth yeah. quite a bit since I only had the one screen, and so I I didn't see every minute of every match okay. uh, between these two. Yeah, I, I was going back and forth between these as well, and it was just you know it <clears throat> it was one of those matches where I mean I mean both of them you know every emotions are running high, tensions are running high. Um, yeah, it was. There were some really interesting calls, no calls, um, and and I had to explain to you know I, you guys know I referee. Um, I had to explain to someone the other night. 
Uh, I was doing a 7v7. And so let's say White had the ball. White player has the ball uh, going you know, uh, to my right, basically. And, you know, he, he dribbles the ball forward a little bit out of his reach player on black steps in, doesn't make contact. White player does not go down. And the white player starts yelling at me saying, Oh, he stepped in. Okay. Well, great. That's fine. He stepped in, but he didn't foul you, you know, um, similar, similar play later on, you know, uh, defender steps in, makes a play, gets the ball, but is, but plays in a reckless manner and takes down the attacking player. And the defender's upset because I call a foul. I said, well, I got the ball. And I said, yeah, that's fine. But you played recklessly. Mm. So yes, you got the ball, but in the process of doing so, you took out the player. So that's a foul. So is is the first penalty that was missed against Uruguay a penalty then? Um, Let me go. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Um, just so I can look at that and make sure. Um, to do to do because in the in the second one, there it's shoulder to shoulder. Um, and it, they just kind of get their legs tangled up, and and um, Cavani goes down because that's what Uruguay was doing at that point in time of that game. Yeah, I uh, was just trying to get a goal however they could. Um, in the first one, you know, he he's not he's behind the defender or behind the attacker, but he throws the right his right leg around. Um, cuts. He he makes contact with the ball before he makes contact with mm-hmm. the defender. If he makes contact with the ball, which I think is what was really at question here. And um, oh, I, oh, sorry. I'm watching the highlight package. And uh, so the Ghana penalty call correct. I hate that run up though. I oh for me, the penalty for Ghana. Yeah, famous. that Ghana yeah. penalty. Like I felt like he, I felt like the player um, stopped his run up, so that should have been an end or a direct coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see where the next one is. It's in the second half. Oh, fiftieth or so minute, probably. Um, All right, let me see where this first video goes. riveting podcast i know it is i'm sorry i just i want to look at this no no you gotta gotta see it just and and with as close as it is i mean um it it definitely need to just like they did with the var i mean he went Mm -hmm. it was one of the first times this tournament though that i've seen the ref go to the monitor and then not change the call yeah uh, which surprised me okay so they don't show anything around the 50th it goes from like the 46th to like the 70 something minute in the highlight package. I don't think it was that late, but um anyways, we'll we'll move over. I'll I'll see if yeah. I can find it on Twitter here. And uh what was your your thoughts on the South Korea Portugal match? Oh man. Um here again, I mean this is a match where you know you would think that Portugal is going to come out and just walk over South Korea. Um, Yes, South Korea has played well uh, for the most part during this tournament. Um, Not a side that I would would have picked to come out of this group, uh, but they've they've played well. But looking at who Portugal threw out there, you would expect them to play better than what they did. So for me, like Portugal played way, way down in this match. Um, You know, they didn't, they didn't convert. They didn't take advantage of the opportunities. And, uh, you know, they they gave South Korea, they gave them every opportunity to stay in this match. They didn't shut them down. They didn't, you know, they didn't close that out. That's, you know, when you get a goal in the fifth minute of a match, like, and again, I know it's so early on, you've still got, you know, 85 minutes for that team because we've talked about it with, with New Mexico United. Like, it's ba- you've basically got the entire game to make up for that early goal, you know, but Portugal couldn't capitalize. They couldn't take advantage. They, they couldn't close out South Korea here. I feel like if they had gotten the second goal, it would have been a completely different story. I don't think Korea comes back from two nil down to pick up a win here. So, I mean, I, 
yeah, I, South Korea, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they they played well today, um, despite, you know, sitting back and playing on the counter. Um, you know, it, and it worked out. It worked out for them. Yeah, I, I had South Korea coming out of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Uruguay in them, so I didn't get the group right. But I did have them coming out, I thought, um, with a healthy son, uh, they could could do some damage and eat. He didn't quite uh, look himself necessarily, uh, but he, he still was good enough. He he was a, a huge part of the goal that they scored to get the lead there in that game and end up winning it. Uh, he It's a, a corner for Portugal. Ball bounces out. Um, Sun makes a run to get on the end of it, pushes it up by himself. Uh, eventually gets surrounded by, I think, three Portugal defenders because they gravitate to him because he's that good. Um, and then is able to time his pass perfectly, at like the perfect second uh, to to the striker making a b- brilliant run into the box. Uh, goes through the legs of a defender with the pass um, and, and really makes that play happen. And you see that and you think, okay, this is what south korea can be now portugal also like i didn't think they were going to come in and wreck south korea because they haven't they've kind of been like brazil they mm-hmm. they've gotten two wins but they haven't looked like incredible in either of those wins and so right. it, again it's kind of going down to you know if they're in i think if they're in any of the other groups besides the brazil group so any of the other six groups that played before today if brazil or portugal was in any of those groups they might not have made it out because those groups, the two groups that they were in seemed to be the easier side of the, the two easier groups of the, all the groups in the world cup. And so it, excuse me, it, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the knockout as well. Um, And it's funny because they get, you know, South Korea gets Brazil. So we're going to see, um, how resilient South Korea can be and how ready Brazil is because it's, it might seem like uh, a walk in the park for Brazil, but I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough one because I think anything, everything from here on out, I think is going to be tough uh, except for maybe Argentina, Australia, but Australia made it out of that group and Argentina mm-hmm. didn't look great. I mean, they obviously lost to Saudi Arabia, so you just never know. Yeah, looking at this, looking at the matchups down here. I mean, uh, Brazil, South Korea. I, I, even with Brazil's issues and their slow starts in these matches, I still feel like Brazil is should be heavily favored here. Um, and for me, you know, Brazil stands out here. I mean, they are. I mean, they're favored in that match, eighty-two percent to win. So, uh, according to five thirty-eight. So for I mean. I just don't know if South Korea has enough to 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 throw against Brazil, who is better defensively, I think, than, than Portugal is. I think Portugal has issues at the back. Um, so I, yeah, I just you know I think Brazil um, is going to have South Korea's number there as as impressed as I've been with the South Korea Koreans uh, showing so far. I mean, that's, that's probably right. In fact, uh, in my picks, that is what I picked. But I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, necessarily. I think it's going to be, you know, a one-goal match, maybe. Uh, maybe two. Maybe Brazil gets, like, a late cushion uh, while mm-hmm. South Korea is trying to push for an equalizer or something like that. But uh, it's it's I think it's going to be a tough one, and... And I, I'm really looking forward to pretty much all of these matchups. I don't you got time to go through kind of the whole bracket here real quick and see yeah, we uh, what that. we're looking at. Uh, so we got the, the the top half or the left half, depending on uh, what kind of format you're looking at. But it's it's Netherlands, USA, Argentina, Australia, Japan, Croatia, Brazil, South Korea. Uh, out of those eight teams, you can, you can say United States, but then I'd like you to pick somebody else outside of the United States as a dark horse to who can come out of this side of the bracket and go to the final. All right. So you said top left here. So 
the top or the left, depending on what you're looking like. The one I'm looking at is stacked on top of each other. The other ones are side by side. So it's it's the eight teams um, along with the United States there. Mm. I mean, I, for me, obviously, I mean, the one that everyone's going to look at is the U.S., you know. Um, I think that's the, the, the true dark horse. But mm-hmm. to avoid going with that one, if I had to pick someone um, – I'm going to say Japan coming out of this next, this next stage, this next round here, the round of 16. Um, while it may not be technically a, a, I don't know if it's technically a dark horse because they did win their group. Um, they've, they really came out of nowhere. Right. The, the samurai blues just came out of nowhere to, to take that group by storm. And I feel like this match with Croatia that they've got, this is a very winnable match for Japan. So can they uh, get by Brazil? Um, that's where they run into the issue. That's where they run. I, I'm just, I'm just looking at this next round here. Like if, right. Um, for Japan to get by Brazil. I don't think so. So, so you're pulling an Earl and not listening to my question. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I'm listening. I'm just saying, I'm saying if there, <laughs> yeah, if, if there is a dark horse, I think I still think it's Japan, but Brazil is going to be the issue. Yeah. Um, well, in Brazil and Argentina, you look at this this side of the bracket, and it's it's like okay, that theoretically should be the final for this side. Mm-hmm. It sets up nicely for both of them. Um, Argentina gets an Australia team that a lot of people thought were going to be uh, two and done basically, and, and yet they here they are, and so and then you get. Um, a plucky but young United States team or a kind of mediocre Netherlands team uh, for Argentina. And then Brazil, you get South Korea and then probably Japan or or maybe Croatia. Croatia might be a little tougher just because they've got the experience. They've been there. You know, Luka Modric uh, led that team to second place finish in 2018. So, uh, but it, I think it still sets up nicely for Brazil and Argentina. But I could see it being a United States team. I could see it being a Croatia or Japan team. Um, I don't really think any either of those, Argentina or Brazil, could lose in the first round. But um, with the way this tournament has gone and, and the twists and turns that it's had throughout the group stage, who knows, man? Who knows? I could see one of them getting to penalties. And when you know, once you get to penalties, who the hell knows? It's, it's a 50-50 shot there for everybody. Yeah, and that's the thing too with this round. If it's tied at the end of regulation and goes to uh, goes to extra time, and then you have kicks uh, kicks from the penalty mark. That's the that's the correct terminology now. Kicks from the oh, penalty okay. mark. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, 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 the PKs, first but okay. the first time I heard that was a couple of weeks ago at a at a youth soccer tournament. They they said that the the championship games that they were going to be decided after regular after time mm-hmm. to be kicks from the mark. Hmm. So yeah, it's technically it's technically called kicks from the penalty mark now. So, but the language in the laws of the game says kicks from the mark. Um, but yeah, I mean you're right. I, I don't see Argentina or Brazil losing here, uh, particularly in the first round. Um, but yeah, I mean there's a real possibility that this in, that the entire left side goes chalk all the way through. It could be. It could be. It could. Uh, so your pick for Netherlands USA. Uh. I said the other night that this is the better matchup for us compared to Senegal. I still think that um, because Netherlands have have come out kind of slow in their matches. They haven't been particularly impressive. They haven't particularly been able to score a lot. They haven't really pressured their opponents. I think we come out of this one, say, two either 2-1 or um, or it goes to kicks. Argentina, Australia. I have the States USA advancing too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, Australia. I've got Argentina. Uh, same here. Uh, Japan, Croatia. Um, hmm. At this point, my heart says the Samurai Blues. My head says Croatia, though. Um, I would love to see Japan win this one. I really would, I, and I think they can. I think they can. 
win this match against Croatia. So is that your pick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one's tough for me. I, I really like both of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Croatia was was one of my, not favorites as in like I expect them to win, but one of my, like my in my heart, my favorite teams coming into this tournament. I was rooting for them last year against France, or last World Cup against France, and they fell a little short. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I got to go Japan too. Uh, if if for no other reason than the the crying Japan fan when they scored. I don't know if you saw that guy, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I saw that and was like, I love this guy. Let's go Japan. I'm all in. Um, so I, I too am going to pick Japan probably in a shootout or or you know a late winner in either regulation or extra time. Uh, yeah. Brazil, South Korea. Brazil. I just I think South Korea comes to a screeching halt right here. And at the end of the day, who comes out of this side and goes to the final? Um, I, I gotta go. With, I gotta say, Brazil. Brazil was my favorite coming into this. Brazil is still my favorite. Um, yeah, I, I'm sticking with them. I think that they have the best shot of all the teams because you know I, Brazil is a they're a talented young squad. They're 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 not they're their average is a little bit older than the u.s so they're not like they're not like u.s young um but you know i you know the other teams they're better than croatia i think croatia's aging out they're better than argentina i think argentina's aging out Um, i mean this is more likely going to be Messi's last rodeo here um harry what's going on buddy glad to see you um but yeah to me brazil's the favorite coming out of the left side going to the final they just they they have to fix those early match issues and really find that gear earlier. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I probably agree with you. Uh, in fact, in my my little bracket that I filled out today after the the group stage, right after the group stage in, in right after the group stages ended, um, I, I had Brazil coming out of this side, uh, but they just like like we talked about earlier, they haven't fully impressed me, and so I think they're. They're ripe for an upset, depending on um, how early they find their form. I think if they make it to the the semifinal, um, or or maybe even the quarterfinal, uh, if they have a good showing in South Korea, then if they find their form, I think it's kind of over for the rest of the side of the bracket. But we'll just have to see. I think I honestly think if anybody else besides Brazil uh, does come out of this side, I. Homer, call me a Homer. I know, but it could. I, I could see us beating Argentina. I could see us beating Argentina, and then it depends on if Brazil loses before the before the semifinal, yeah. where they would face us. If if Brazil's there, we don't beat uh, Brazil. I don't think we beat Brazil. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, beat Brazil. If if Brazil can't find their form and struggles against South Korea and gets knocked out, or say Japan or Croatia knock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be doable. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, it could be a possibility. But but at the end of the day, uh, Brazil, clearly the heavy favorite on this side. Yeah. Uh, to the other side, uh, France, Poland, England, Senegal, Morocco, Spain, Portugal, Switzerland. Is there a dark horse on this side that you can see making the final? Um, England. England's not a dark horse. They were like the fourth favorite going into the tournament. Compared to the other clubs on this side, in this side, I would say they're second to France as far as favorites. See, I have them. I would have them fourth. Fourth. I would have England fourth at it coming on this group. I've got France, Spain, Portugal, England, and I'm not big on Portugal either. I think England could 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 be my three uh. here, but. To me, they're not the favorite in this. And I just, I don't see, I mean, if they get past Senegal, they have a shot to beat France. But, but it's going to be, that's going to be the toughest matchup for England in this, in this side of the bracket. If they can get by France, they're, they're going to go in. That's going to be the, that's going to be the issue. That's where I'm at, Harry, with that. Like, I think England could lose to Senegal. I think they could. 
and I said this to my buddy Jason the other day, and uh, I, I, you know, I told Jason, him, I said, Jason's from England. By yeah, the way. Jay, yeah, Jason lives in England. He he's he lives in I don't know, he lives in uh, Portsmouth. He lives Paul at thirteen twenty four. So no, he's he's very much into it. And so we were talking, and uh, I told him, I said, look, I I'm glad we have Netherlands instead of Senegal because Senegal's creativity and pace is not going to be good for for anybody. That's why I prefer to see the Netherlands because you know they are age they're a little bit aging. They, we can move the ball a little bit better against them than we would Senegal. So yeah, in, Senegal is an issue here for England. Now if they if England can get past that, France is going to be the issue. France is the, their next big test. If they can get past France, England then becomes my favorite to to come out of because I don't see Senegal getting past France at all. I don't I don't see that happening if they do get past England. Poland obviously not going to get past France. Uh, Morocco's well, I, not going to come out of. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to get past France. But Morocco is my dark horse for this side of the bracket. Mm. Now they um, they might beat Spain, but that's going to be that's going to be tough. Spain um, Spain is a very very young squad, not mm-hmm. as young as USA, obviously, they but are, yeah. but a very young squad. And we saw in their last match against Japan, um, they they just. They are inconsistent. You know, that first half was dominant. I mean, that first half was crazy, but they only had one goal to show for it. Mm-hmm. And Japan ended up making them pay. Um, and to those of you crying, Harry, I saw you on Twitter saying that it was out. Um, <laughs> the ball was not out. I'm sorry. I, even if it was, they were Spain or Japan was coming at them at that mm-hmm. point. So that it's still not guaranteed that they weren't going to score anyways. Because uh, Japan had to score, so it uh, it it just it made me question Spain just a little bit. Um, they could obviously get out of this side of the bracket and be in the final, and I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. But this Morocco team, they they looked really good in the group stages. They fought really hard. They've got a lot of heart. Uh, they've got some high end talent in Ziyech and Hakimi. Um, and I just think that the way they played, the way that they can control that left side of the pitch with Hakimi and, and um, uh, Ziyech over there, uh, they can just kind of lock that side of the pitch down and, and control just the one side. And if they just get a little bit from the other side, uh, you know, a good cross to that side or a good cross away from that side, whatever you want to look at it, um, they can create quite a bit of chances and, and I could see him getting past Spain. And then Portugal, Switzerland, neither of those two teams scare me whatsoever. <clears throat> no. Uh, yeah, Portugal has not been terribly impressive. Uh, the fact that you have Portugal above England blows my mind on this side of the bracket. <laughs> well, and, and so Harry's, Harry mentioned a couple of these. And, and the one of the biggest reasons why I have Portugal <laughs> above England is Gareth Southgate. Because Gareth Southgate throws out lineups and makes decisions like he's scared. I mean, look at how England played against the U.S. Look at the system that they put in place. They played scared and they played to to draw. So they, yeah, didn't, but, they didn't play to win. They played but to look not at, lose. Look at the other two matches England played and compare those to any of the matches that Portugal okay. played. Iran, 6-2. I'm... Whatever you know, and then you've got uh, uh, uh Mexico in the other, uh, not Mexico, um, sorry, Wales again, pretty much a gimme. Like, I Wales isn't going to beat England, and th- they're not. But the one match that mattered, Southgate threw out a lineup and they played to not lose, they didn't but that's play not to the win. one that mattered. They already had a win, they already had a plus four goal differential, and they knew they had Wales coming up. That they they did not care about that match whatsoever. No, they they really didn't. And the, the other issue I have with, with England is is uh, Pickford. Now I love Pickford to death. Pickford is Everton's number one. He is England's number one. Jordan Pickford has issues at the back though. He well, does. You're talking. And, to, you're you're comparing Pickford to a Portugal goalie that almost got now pickpocketed in the Ghana match. No, you're absolutely right. Portugal's biggest issue is 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 their back line and their goalkeeper. Those are the biggest issues for Portugal. That's why I have Switzerland over Portugal. However, I still feel like if you're ranking these, if you're ranking this side of the bracket, 
I have Portugal ahead of England because I feel like um, Portugal um, is better on the pitch than England is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm letting my Cristiano Ronaldo uh, <laughs> yeah. colored glasses get in the way here, but I just have not been that impressed with Portugal. And I'm not saying I've been like thoroughly impressed with England, but I mean, a 6-2 win, I don't care if it was Iran. Um, it, it was an Iran team that we barely squeaked by 1-0. Um, that's that's not nothing. And then 3-0 against Wales um, in a match that they didn't like really need to be that dominant in. Like They, they could have just got their one, one goal and, and been fine, but but uh, they 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 squashed the two opponents that they beat um, in in fashions that I was frankly surprised by. So I, I just again, you're not all the of this talk. Here. All of this talk is uh, I, I didn't either. Um, all this talk is kind of kind of mute to me because I think France um, walks to the final. I mean, they very they very easily could. Um... You know France's path to the final. I mean, their their toughest test potentially is going to be Spain. Um, you know, because England can give them a run, but I think the toughest test, like I, said, I think the toughest test though is Spain. Um, Spain is creative. Spain has pace. Spain is very is good at the back. Um, they're good defensively, and you know I, I feel like they can. They can they can counter what France wants to do in the final third. So I feel so, like they can, and they can be good at the back, and they can uh, just ticky tacky you to death. Mm-hmm. But they don't always do that. No. And so I I would actually say, well, so France Poland France right? Yeah, France Poland, England Senegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toss up. I'd, I'm going to say England just because, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Senegal beats them. But for the record, I'm going to say England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've but, got England in mind. I, I just, yeah, like you said, there's a very real chance that Senegal <laughs> beats them here. And then I think we're the same Portugal, Switzerland. I've got Switzerland as well. Yeah. But Morocco, Spain, I've got Morocco. And it, it, you're way higher on Spain than than I am. So I'm assuming you have Spain. Yeah, I've got Spain coming out out of there, um, and and I could like I, the Morocco pick is interesting. I think they surprised a lot of people, and we talked about this today with how they played in the group stages. Um, you know, I, I just I feel like Spain. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look real quick at uh, Morocco's results. Um, so Morocco had a two-one win over Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hold on. Nil nil Croatia. Yeah. Uh, where is and it? And then a two nil win over Belgium. Okay. So, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll, to be completely honest, Belgium was, is way, way down. That's, they are. They are. that's been proven throughout the World Cup here. Belgium did not play well at all. Um, and then Canada obviously massively underperformed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people were, I mean, obviously, if you look at Canadian media, they seem to think that Canada should be winning their World Cup this year. <laughs> but that is a, that is an extremely young Canadian side. They are extremely rough, but there's a lot of talent there. Um, but that the the two one scoreline for the Canada match isn't indicative of how Morocco controlled right. that match. Right. I mean, they it, it Canada scored in the second half to make it semi interesting, but Morocco just. Dominated that match, especially yeah. the first half. No, absolutely, they did, and, and I think that speaks more to where uh, Canada is at than Morocco. Because I think, like I said, Canada is a, they're young, they're they, they've got a lot of growth to do before they're before they're competitive. Um, I think twenty twenty six could be an interesting year for for Canada mm-hmm. in terms of the in terms of the World Cup that year. For sure, yeah. Um, but I just and, and so I can see where the where the the belief in Morocco is coming from. I can see that. Um, Spain is just on a different level from 
Belgium, Canada, and uh, and Croatia. I mean, I think Spain, Croatia would have been really interesting to see, but um, I, I feel like the this like I said, I feel like Spain is better than either of the clubs that failed to get out of uh, Group F there. So that's why I don't think Morocco is going forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one's that one's going to be Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, so we got some time before before that one actually takes place. Uh, so who do you have coming out of this side of the bracket to the final? Uh, France. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's uh, definitely France's side of the bracket to win. And I, honestly, I think it's France's tournament to win. Um, I picked them before the the World Cup started. Um, that was before the Benzema injury, but I stuck with them anyways. And uh, they've they've just looked really good. I know they had a, a very rotated squad their last match that they lost, but uh, I think when they need to, they'll, they're going to turn it on, and and uh, we're going to see uh, good things from them the rest of this tournament. So, so tomorrow we've got Netherlands, USA, and Argentina, Australia. Uh, Netherlands, USA at eight o'clock a.m. Mountain Time. Australia, Argentina at noon Mountain Time. Um, what are a couple things you're going to be looking for out of these two matches? Oh man! <clears throat> First thing, U.S. Netherlands. The is Christian Pulisic playing? That's the number one thing I'm looking for. Is he healthy enough to go? Is he able to give us at least 60 minutes? If Pulisic can't go the U S is going to have to figure something out. Burhalter is going to have to figure something out. You want, you can throw Brendan Aronson in there, but he's, <clears throat> that's not the same as Christian Pulisic. Um, Tim way is going to have to step up. Tyler Adams can't, you know, how's Tyler Adams going to play? Um, I, I've, uh, I've, fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, Tyler I, Adams is going to be incredible. I, I have a lot of faith in, in Tyler Adams. Um, it, it, for the U S it's where's the chance creation coming from. Can they create opportunities against this Netherlands side? And that's going to be the, the biggest thing there for the U.S. For Netherlands, them there as well. Can they get on the score sheet? We've They have not necessarily done very well at doing this. I mean, obviously, they scored two goals in, the, in their first match against Senegal, both of which were in the final you know, ten, five minutes of five, six minutes of regulation and into stoppage time. Um, <clears throat> they've struggled with chance creation as well. That's going to be about who creates the most opportunities and converts on those. Um, that's what I want to see out of that early match. Second match, Argentina, Australia, um, Lionel Messi and the rest of that, that Argentina squad. How do they do they continue the upward trend that we saw in the last two matches of the group stage, or do they come back down to earth a little bit? Because I, I feel like Argentina, you know, we, we talked about early. Early, earlier on, Australia, maybe, just maybe, they surprise Argentina here. But it, it's going to be, can Argentina continue to create and put the ball in dangerous areas for guys like Messi and some of the other attacking options that they have? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with Argentina. It's it's kind of which one shows up, right? Is it going to mm-hmm. be the Saudi Arabia Argentina? Uh, or is it going to be their last match Argentina? And um I think they're kind of finding form with this being a crazy world cup. Uh, I can see where somebody would be inclined to say Australia might give them a run, but, but I think this is Argentina's and I think it's, it's a fairly boring game, honestly. Um, but, but that's if, if Messi and, and Di Maria and them can, can create those dangerous chances and finish them. Uh, but I think, I think they get enough. I think, uh, we'll probably see a messy penalty here, calling it now. I think I think uh, somebody gets taken down in the box and Messi takes a penalty kick uh, in, in regulation. And so I think that one is um, – I'll watch it, of course, because it, it's it's the only game on uh, mm-hmm. at that time frame, and, and uh, it'll be who we play if we win. So I will definitely be watching it. Uh, as far as the USA-Netherlands match, it's definitely uh, – politics obviously going to be important. If Pulisic can't go, uh, what's next important is Reyna. If Reyna is is uh, is given the green light, there he's he's got to have a knock. It's got to be a fitness issue. It just we all know how talented Gio Reyna is. Mm-hmm. We all know that when he is fit, he is in the eighteen in the starting eleven for Greg Berhalter. There up until now, there has never been a oh 
Berhalter and Reyna uh, have a clash. That's that's never been the case, ever. Uh, when he's healthy, he's playing. The fact of the matter is, it's been 18 months that he's been on and off injured, and this is the World Cup. And that top three and that midfield three have been really, really good uh, for this tournament. Uh, you can nitpick with the nine, but Reyna's not going to play the nine. Ray would be either taking over for Timothy Weah or Christian Pulisic um, or one of those midfield three. And our midfield has been our best attribute, attribute, attribute. Our our best phase of play has been in the midfield uh, with that MMA midfield. So he's not going to replace any of those three in the starting lineup anyways. And then you're not going to take him off for Pulisic for as aggravating as Pulisic can be every time, every once in a while. He comes and makes a play like he did to score that goal against Iran. And that's why we have him in there. And then Way has just been super consistent on the other side. So, yes, I love Gio Reyna. I am a huge Dortmund fan, in part because of Gio Reyna. But he's not going to supplant either of any of these positions that he normally would play if he's not 110% healthy. And so I don't want to hear complaining about it anymore, frankly. And... But if Pulisic is injured and Reyna is fit enough to start, then I think you have kind of a almost seamless transition from Christian to Gio, um, and and we can kind of do that without missing a beat. So uh, to me, it's it's who uh, what I'm really actually looking at is Jeff Sargent, um, Josh Sargent, Josh Sargent, Jeff Sargent. Who's the hell is Jeff Sargent? I don't know. <laughs> There's a anyways, I'll look it up later. Uh Josh Sargent is is um is he healthy enough to go? Because in that Iran match, um he was incredible to me. Um and he picked up a knock there at the end. And so if he can't go, um Haji Wright did not look good at the end of that Iran match. Um, so what do we do there? Is it is it Haji Wright? Is it uh Jesus Ferreira? Is it a Timothy Weah moving there and Aronson coming in for him on the on that right side? You know, I don't know, don't know what we're gonna do there. And so that's that's almost more important to me than Christian because I feel like as if Reina is healthy enough to go, you know, sixty minutes, we've got somebody that we can put in there uh, for Pulisic. But if Sergeant isn't ready, then then I don't know what we're gonna do there. So or Sergeant isn't ready, then we're I don't know what we're gonna do there. So I'm, I'm looking at that. I, I think the back line stays the same uh is zimmerman a liability i don't think he starts so okay so who who do you want to play carter vickers yeah i I think it's the same lineup that we had against iran um uh ccv did things that he had the ball at his feet he he was better with the ball at his feet than zimmerman typically is i love walker zimmerman i've been a walker zimmerman fan since his lafc days um but with what we've seen so far this tournament, I think uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is is the better option next to Tim Ream, and, and then you can, if you get a lead, you can do what you did against Iran. You can bring Zimmerman on uh, as as a fifth or as a third center back or something like that, um, and he can you know clear those headers like he did against Iran and and uh, and play just fine there. But but no, I, I think it's the same lineup um, barring health that we saw against Iran. Okay, I was I was curious because you know he he Zimmerman obviously he gave up the penalty in the first match and then he he looked kind of shaky in, in match number two and Cameron Carter Vickers I understand the reasoning that Berhalter brought him in against uh, Iran there in, in the last match, um, but he too looked shaky at times so that that's why I was curious about that. He he looked it there towards the end, uh, well right at the beginning and then Tyler Adams ripped him a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what captains do um, in this stage. And after that, I thought he played really well, and things got a little shaky at the end, but things were shaky at the end for everybody uh, because Iran had so much pressure on us. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought he distributed the ball really well, um, was solid enough at that back line. Nobody except for uh, Cody Gakpo um, scares me for the Netherlands as far as goal scoring uh is concerned and and I think Cameron Carter Vickers and, and Tim Ream they're not the fastest uh center backs but this Netherlands team isn't necessarily one to to try to get in behind uh with a bunch of speed so 
So I think they'll be just fine. And, and that's, that's who I would have back there is, is the same back four that we had um, against Iran, same midfield against Iran. And as long as everybody's healthy, the same front three. Uh, I just don't think that front three is going to be the same because I think either Pulisic or, or Sargent's going to be out and we'll have to see what Burhalter does there. And that's that's the only thing that really uh, concerns me about this match. All right. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, New Mexico United is having a watch party over at uh, M2Cheese tomorrow morning. Uh, I know David had said something in the chat yesterday. Uh, see yeah. if you guys are going to make it. Um I've got a sick kid, so I'm not going to be able to make it. Or, you know, my son was running a fever of 102 last night, so yeah, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, and I work tomorrow and live two and a half hours away, so yeah, just can't uh, can't make that work. But I will be watching. Um, I think I'm going to plan my lunch for 9 o'clock in the morning. There you go. Uh, so I can come home and at least finish the match on the, on the TV instead of watching on my phone. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and hopefully we can come away with with the win and advance to the quarterfinals. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, two interesting matches tomorrow. Um, oh man, I can't wait. This has been a fantastic you know week and a half of soccer, and we got another two and a half weeks left to go. So, mm-hmm. so we got four days in a row still uh, with with the round yep. of sixteen. Then we do get a couple days off between that and the quarterfinals, and then a couple days off after the quarterfinals, and then so on and so forth. But uh, so still four more days of this. Uh, what has it been? Eight days, twelve days, twelve days, twelve in days in a row with four more. So sixteen days total in a row of of at least two soccer matches per day. Um, and I, I cannot wait. Um, do you want to do a pod tomorrow night? Um. Yeah, I can do one tomorrow night. Um. I, I mean, I yeah, I say we do one tomorrow night. Either way. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know if you caught the whole podcast last night, but uh, I mean I'm down for doing one every night that there's soccer, you know. Yeah, yeah um, that's fine with me. I, um, yeah, I don't have anything going on the next few nights, so. So, and if if uh, if there's a night that you can't go or 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 I can't go or whatever, we'll see if Seth can or Earl can uh, arise from the dead and <laughs> and uh, and go ahead and and take over one of those, but. But we can talk about that off air. Um, any last thoughts about today's matches uh, going forward? Uh, anything at all? Man, it, I, I'll be honest. Like these last, especially these last two days, has been like this huge emotional roller coaster. Watching these teams get in and play and fight for their lives, and like you, you see the highlights. You're the highlight today of the the South Korean players and fans you know, watching on their phones and trying to get the update from the mm-hmm. Uruguay match to see if they went through and just, you know, that celebration, like it's the beautiful game, man. It really is. This has been so much fun these past few days. Yeah. When, when son, uh, threw his mask off and collapsed to the, to the turf after, after they won, not after they advanced, but after they won, uh, you just really, really saw, I mean, he's, he, he's a guy that plays in the premier league plays for Tottenham. Uh, tied with Mo Salah last year for the Golden Boot, and I've never seen him that emotional because it's just it's something that country does differently than club, uh, and it just when you play for your country, it just draws out emotions that that playing for your club, uh, while definitely meaningful, just doesn't quite tug at the heartstrings, um, yeah. and, and the same way it does when you play for your your country, and so uh, it, it means it means so much to these players, and and I think you really saw the emotions the last two days. I mean, you saw. Uh, Uruguay just going at the referee at the end of the match. You saw same in the the Serbia Switzerland match. You saw Serbia players going at Switzerland players, vice versa. You had uh, Luis Suarez uh, crying on the on the bench after he'd been subbed out when they got eliminated, which I think made America happy or made the world happy, maybe. Um, and so you just you see things in this tournament that you just don't see. Uh, any other time of year, even, you know, even the euros, even gold cup nations cup. I mean, those mean a lot, but, but, uh, to see the emotion playing for the world cup here has been, uh, kind of eye opening for me. I've always kind of seen it, but never as closely as we've paid attention to it this year. So very, very fun to watch. Um, very entertaining, very emotional, even for a, a neutral like me, like when Japan, 
Um, when I saw that Japan fan crying after they took the lead uh, yesterday, uh, you know, you, you just you feel things that you don't don't normally feel when when soccer's being played. Even though soccer is a very high emotion sport, anyways. So uh, I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait to see what the USA does. Uh, I'm not going to cry if we advance. I'm also not going to cry if we lose. But uh, um, I'm still excited for it and and uh, hope that everybody catches the game. If you're in Albuquerque. Uh, go to Mtucci's for for the watch party for United. Uh, say hi to to all the black and yellow faithful over there that that make it out for that. And uh, until next week, unless you got something else, uh, Seth, uh, somos unidos.